brightest day and blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's life. North-South Connection Podcast Network. This is Johnny C, and this is the Multiverse of Fabulousness. Before we start with today's proceedings, I will, I do have some information I would like to share with everyone uh, to see uh, if experiences of the average American mirror your own. Now, according to my research, approximately 16,000 people a day experience what we would call a lockout involving being locked out of one's own home or motor vehicle. Now, with there being 365 days in the year, this event occurs to people 5,840,000 times a year. Now, given that today's population of the American country is 329,500,000, if you divide that 5,840,000 instances per year, by that population, it would take 56.4 years to cycle through every living, breathing American citizen before we start over. So given that the human lifespan is 72.6 years and it takes 56.4 years to cycle through this lockout lifespan, in the average human's life, they should appear locked out of their home or motor vehicle 1.28 times in one's lifetime period. Now, Special guest, host for this extravaganza, Jenny Smith. How are you? I'm good. Those are some fascinating statistics you've um, dug up there, and uh, I appreciate it. And some people are above average. That's all I got to say about that. There's nothing wrong with being above average in one's life. How mm-hmm. are you? How are you, Jenny? I'm good. I'm. Uh, don't know what I've gotten myself into here, but excited to d- dive into our topic. Well. You know, I guess the final question uh, for the Goodwill hunting segment of equations, Mm -hmm. equations and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you been locked out of your home or vehicle more than 1.28 times in your lifetime? I absolutely have, yes. Perhaps last Tuesday when we were supposed to speak. I mean, just hypothetically, yes, that may have occurred. Uh, Look, I got a new car and things aren't the same. They're not the same. Hey, there's new buttons. you got to learn how to press is it now is it a female or a male card well she's um gender neutral well they're gender they're gender neutral much like the flash mm-hmm. um so yeah it, well where, what the hell is i gonna go with that oh yeah so just let everybody count out the bag that's why i made up i didn't make those numbers up though but i did make up like the math to get there so <laughs> it could be wrong but like i used my calculator so the math is right but the the concept is wrong so uh, thanks for coming to the mm-hmm. Multiverse of Fabulousness. I know that we've 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 gotten together to help WCW die and mm-hmm. make fun of Vince Russo style stuff before, but you have never traversed into this fabulous multiverse that's at my disposal and no one else's. Hence, my name appearing above the title. But um, why we're getting together tonight is we're going to travel to Earth twenty eight fourteen, and on these different Earths. You know, what I try to do is bring forth something in their pop culture that's different from us here on Earth Prime. Mm-hmm. And, and, and all that nonsense aside, essentially what we're going to talk about today are the Lantern cores from DC Comics. Now, Jenny, I know that you're a bit of a comics fan, right? 
I am. Okay. Would you consider yourself more of a DC or a Marvel head? Hmm. Or independent? Um, well, when I was buying comics weekly and actively reading them and had a pull list and whatnot, uh, it was primarily DC, but that was because of the rebirth. I, I kind of jumped in right when they started rebirth and kind of went <laughs> balls to the wall now. <laughs> Um, and have not gone through anything similar with Marvel. Okay, yeah, it's um, it's interesting because I feel like Marvel gets a lot of attention in the sphere of, you know, what we can see in our everyday lives, meaning I think you kind of have to go out of your way to read a comic book. You don't have to go out of your way to see a commercial for, like, Doctor Strange or Spider-Man or see, right. you know, Thor on a candy bar or whatever, which is fine. I love living in that world, but it seems like most people that I've talked to that primarily read the content like DC. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that what we're going to talk about tonight is one of those reasons. So back in like 07 or 08, well, if you're not familiar with the Green Lantern character, okay, he's one of the founding members of the Justice League. And the Green Lantern has a power ring, all right? Um, and the Green Lantern can use their willpower to create anything with their ring. Now, what this means is that um, – the rings of the entire Green Lantern Corps are powered by every sentient being in the galaxies, multiverses, whatever, that can will themselves to do something. But then in the early 2010s, uh, a, a great fantastic writer came aboard Green Lantern that I'm not going to talk about because someone will get angry. Um, not you, Jenny. Just someone no, out there on the internet will get angry. Not me. <laughs> um, I'm a big Jeff Johns fan. This, well, I, lo- I mean, I like their writing. I don't know the dude, so yeah. don't don't yell at me. You know, I don't. I got you. I got you. Um, but my point is, is that Jeff Johns invented um, kind of a, a rainbow of cores uh, using the old Roy G. Biv color wheel. Uh, he invented a red lantern core, orange lantern core, yellow lantern, and then green in the middle, blue, indigo, and violet, with each one being powered by a different emotion that sentient beings can create. And then, you know, rinse and repeat, and all of a sudden, you've got a very hit, huge selling comic book on your hands. Um, you know, culminating in what was called the Blackest Night, which was this big crossover event where they all went to war with one another. And uh, regular characters from the DC universe – you know, people like Superman and Wonder Woman found themselves chosen to join these Lantern Corps during the war. And that was a lot of fun for people uh, because, like I said, each color is aligned with a different emotion. So uh, red, for example, is aligned with rage. And it's like, oh, well, who's the most angry character in comics? And, you know, it's, it's basically um, you get to play with your toys and read comics at the same time. And I think there's a facet of that, you know, level of creativity that we all sort of there's something that draws us to that world, and that's kind of what that big crossover event felt like. Now, I told Jenny that we were going to go through the lantern, different Lantern cores and select a WWE superstar to lead that core into action, which is what we're going to do. What I did not tell you, Jenny, is we are also going to look at and critique, and by doing so, update WWE's official Lantern core list that they published in 2011. Oh, okay, yeah. That's cool. I didn't know about that. And, and, you know, I and I didn't. The reason I didn't want to tell you is because it's such a low key thing that I feel like I even stumbled upon across. I just learned how to speak English as well. Jenny, mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, on WWE dot com randomly in 2011 and being a huge Green Lantern and, you know, DC Comics fan. This was awesome. 
I will say, though, Jenny, the picks have not aged well. Okay. And I think that's going to be, uh, you know, part of the fun. So, uh, you know, is there anything you'd like to share about your personal experience with this line of characters? Like, do you have any preconceived notions or ones you hate? Anything you want to get off your chest? Um, no, I'll just say that um, Green Lanterns made up a lot of my uh, comic book reading. So um, I'm not going to say I have great recall on this, but uh, because it's very confusing as, as lanterns go. Um, well, as comics go, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in prepping for this, a lot of, uh, I feel like I, uh, refreshed a lot of memories and I started thinking back on those books I was reading at the time. And, um, uh, so one of the newer lanterns was Jessica Cruz and she was one of the main characters that I, uh, gravitated towards because despite she had like crippling anxiety and despite that she was still given the ring and had the willpower to wield it. So always, she was always one of my favorites and definitely stuck out. Um, but Hal Jordan has a lot of big dick energy that, uh, is, you know, he seems to be a favorite amongst lantern writers. Uh, Hal gets all the good stories, but yeah, you know, you have a lot of cool other lanterns across all the spectrum. So this will be fun to talk about. Absolutely. And I'll try to share just a little bit along the way about what, you know, maybe any famous lanterns throughout history that have appeared for all the comics fans out there. But I will put this out there, too. We will try to keep things, you know, simple and straightforward. I'm not going to inundate you with years of history. But this yeah. is a fun it's a fun concept, though, because, you know, Ultimately, all we're going to try to do is pick a superstar that kind of embodies rage. And, right. You know, you know, we're going to start with red because that's it, the way the spectrum goes. So it's just less yeah. fun exercising in shenanigans. You know? Yeah, basically, that's, you know, why I wanted to do it, too. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I, I guess I never really thought about it. But um, and I like the parallel that you drew between, you know, the D.C. heroes during the crossover becoming lanterns and. So it kind of draws off of that idea as well. Absolutely. If the if the WWE was somehow included in the War of Light, as it was called, this is who would get the call. And I think that's a good enough concept to roll with it. Yeah, I agree. Um, we are going to cover two additional cores that were not covered because they didn't exist in 2011 because, hey, it's comics. New ideas make money uh, and what have you. Last thing I'll say before we get started, a moment of silence for uh, Hal Jordan. No, it wasn't Hal Jordan. It was John Stewart who passed away today, along with the rest of the Justice League. We are recording this on April 26th, 2022. Uh, Justice League 75 has just released, and I'm not spoiling anything. It's literally called Death of the Justice League. Oh, shit. They killed them all? They did. They're prepping the, the, the next big crisis event, uh, which there are crossovers every year. There have only been three. Mm-hmm. Real crisis events, crisis on infinite earth, infinite crisis and final crisis. Dark crisis starts next month. Oh. And the concept is that Justice League is dead and it's finally time for the generational superheroes to step up like Aqua Lad, Superman, son of Kal-El, which is Jonathan Kent, Superman and Lois Lane's son, mm-hmm. Damian Wayne, um, the Teen Lantern, I forget her name, uh, but Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz are still alive, but Jon Stewart is dead in quotation marks. Damn. Um, although a so basically what they did, and this will be a long gone, 
or not a spoiler by the time this comes up, a spoiler just in case. Um, like they, the Justice League died in quotation marks, you know, through like magic and comic book shenanigans. But Green Arrow actually got crushed by Doomsday and is actually like dead, dead, dead. Super dead. Yeah, I mean, it, it was written in the Comics way that dead. Yeah, I mean, like, he's dead because his body stopped working, not, like, comic <laughs> shenanigans, which is what happened to the rest of the league. All right, I really needed to force the audience, and I apologize, but... <laughs> you just said you weren't going to get into a lot of stuff, but... I know, I know, no, but it's, it's just because we're recording today. So, right. let's get this bad boy started. I figured that uh, we'd start with, you know, left to right, the Red Lantern Corps. Like I said, uh, they're red, and they're powered by the emotion of rage. This crew is very stereotypically, like... Very angry characters, like bruiser-type characters. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would call them Mahasis, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Except famously, uh, I think one of the most famous Red Lanterns, and then we'll go on, is Dexstar. He is a cat who lived with a little old lady in Gotham. And uh, <laughs> these people broke into uh, the lady's apartment, and they killed the old woman, took like 10 bucks, and threw Dexter, the cat, off of a bridge. Uh, he wanted to kill the muggers so badly that right before he died, a Red Lantern ring found him, and uh, Dex Star became a supervillain who's just a cat. It's pretty awesome. That is, That does sound awesome. Now, the one caveat to being a Red Lantern is you have an extreme amount of power at your fingertips. But the further away from the center of the emotional spectrum you get, the more control the ring has over you. With Red being a prime example of that, if you become a Red Lantern and take off your ring, you die. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, in 2011, Jen, these were some of the professional wrestlers that were inducted into the WWE Red Lantern Corps. Uh, R-Truth. Hmm. Yeah. Now, this is right after WrestleMania 27, so I don't know what his exact storyline was. Maybe the little Jimmy shit. But I don't see him as that at all. No, definitely not. Mark Henry. Okay. Sheamus. And I think this is the... Because oh, of his hair? <laughs> well, I mean, he's... You know, his character at the time is what? I like the fight. Yeah, okay. I mean, um, and then they have as the leader, which I think is the absolute disgrace of a choice, Randy Orton, because he's one of the mm-hmm. most emotional, like, I don't know if he's the best wrestler, but in his matches, he's able to emote so many different things so well. Mm-hmm. It's, and I associate Red Lanterns with being, like, just kind of mindless idiots. Hmm. Uh, I don't see Randy Orton as that, but I didn't share that with you ahead of time. What do you think of their picks? Like, yeah, thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, piss off. Maybe. I'm going to say overall thumbs down. Yeah, I agree completely. So I have, I, I'm already tired of this sound of my own voice, Jenny, but I had to get all <laughs> that introduction shit out of the way. Take us through, milady. What do you think about the Red Lantern Corps and the uh, WWE Superstars? Um, Do you want my pick now? I think that that would probably be a good place to start. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I, so I, even after I made my list, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I don't know. I think I, I, I didn't understand the assignment perhaps, but I kind of did, but I feel like my, my choice for rage, um, is probably not smart, but also anyway, I, I picked Chris Benoit, um, that's a, okay. Okay. If, if 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 nothing else, you and I are the only people having this conversation right now. I think that's okay. You do what you want. You okay. you, you make your pick. 
because the rest of the world. I mean, the thing about him as a wrestler was like he he was very he seemed to have that simmering rage. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if anybody could power a red ring. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be him. Like he could focus his rage in the ring um, and was very powerful. So I I don't know. I just, I I did hesitate on it and I, I did consider doing like a joke list, which I feel like is what they did in 2011. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Like who wrote this? Yeah. Like, do y'all not understand the spectrum here? But anyway, um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick by it, and uh, I decided I was gonna take my my list seriously. And um, the man s- seemed to be very rageful. Well, I'm glad you took the list seriously, and you're not the first person to come on the show and said I don't know if I understood the assignment. Right. So, okay. And good. <laughs> and, that, and that's my fault for you know thinking everyone's brain works like me, but also picking unique concepts. But if nothing else, Jen, we stole this from WWE. Mm. Uh, surprisingly enough. So it's their fault. Yeah, I mean, okay. don't blame don't blame me. Oh. Blame Canada. That was too. <laughs> that was too. That was the lowest hanging fruit for a blame too. Uh, I took my list seriously too, despite what people might think after listening to some of my shows, because I take comics very seriously. Because uh, you know, I I don't plan on ever being socially accepted in the rest of my life. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, I do have a fucking Aquaman. Atlantis, Atlantean crest tattooed on my forearm. So it's like, even if I'm walking down the street, you know, people just know off from the get go, like, oh, you're a nerd. I see. Yeah, I mean, I have a Wonder Woman symbol on the wrist, so I get it. Oh, you do? No kidding. Yeah. Nice. Uh, she's dead too. Yeah. Well, not but Donna Troy stepping up to the plate, as well as the new Wonder Girl from Brazil that I don't know a lot about, but I hear good things. Hmm. So for Red. Now, this was serious, but I did pick a funny, some funny examples, all right? Okay. For the red light of rage, I have Goldberg. See, he, I did consider him. Well, my main thing being that if, unless you're the leader of the Red Lantern Corps, Atrocitus, mm-hmm. most of the Red Lanterns are just dumb and speak in, like, sounds, like, like Frankenstein's mm-hmm. monster. And to me... No one is, number one, more controlled by negative emotions in the ring than Goldberg. And I also believe he's a blubbering idiot. Now, <laughs> it's like Johnny C. I thought you said you were going to take this seriously. I am because I think the Goldberg character has always been presented in a way that is a kick first, think after you kick again, mm-hmm. if, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, and that's sort of what. Tell it to Bret Hart. <laughs> it, fucking exactly. <laughs> But but as I was thinking about this stuff and thinking, man, yes, those, those are actually some good serious points. Make sure you make those points. I also couldn't help myself, and I can imagine that like before, like when the bell rings, like Goldberg completely zones out and doesn't even know what's happening. And maybe like in his head, like have you seen Sucker Punch? Yes. Okay, so you know how the girls in Sucker Punch they dance and. All of a sudden, they're in like a World War One steampunk anime, and it's really cool. And then that scene ends, and you're like, "What the fuck is this movie?" Mm-hmm. Um, I like to imagine that when Goldberg has like a big match, he just sees himself in like a schoolgirl outfit fighting giant robots in his head, and his body just drives <laughs> during the matches. Okay. You know, so 
Um, but no, but but I do think that he's, you know, sort of ultimately controlled by the emotions. And um, yeah, he's my pick. Uh, he's got great moments and he did really kick Bret Hart in the face. And my listeners know how much I love Bret Hart. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to allow it. All right. Before we before we leave red, anything, anything? No? It's probably it's probably one of my least like if you want to talk comics, it's one of my yeah. least favorite. I don't find it super interesting as the other ones. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't. I'm not trying to be a dick. Oh, I'm sure there are a lot of Red Lantern fans. For sure, absolutely. Um all right, so next on the list is Orange. The Orange Lantern Corps. Now, Jenny, this is my personal favorite of out of all of them. Is it cause Larflees? I fucking love Larfleet. Me too. So much. <laughs> he is awesome. He is. Hey, this is sort of random and off base, but do you, when you read comics, like, do, do you hear the characters' voices, like, yes. as, do you, like, assign them, like, an actor or actress or anything like that? Um, sometimes. Who you got for Larflees? Uh, uh, Starscream from the Transformers cartoon. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, that's always been my go-to for Larflees. Um, but yeah, so the Orange Lantern Corps. See, what I also like about this too is that Red has the little caveat where it's like you, you know, the, if you take it off, you're dead. So here's the caveat with Orange. Even though all the other Lantern Corps have thousands and thousands of members, the Orange Lantern Corps is powered by avarice or greed, uh, and of course there can be only one. And no, it's not Highlander. The Orange Lantern Ring. Uh, you know, the wielder of the orange light will not let the rings replicate. So instead of picking members to join his core, Larflees, who's the little alien who's in charge, if he kills you, you become an orange lantern, but you're kind of like a spirit. You're like dead. Mm-hmm. And, and Larflees can never uh, be fent, quir, uh, fent. Good Lord. What's Gatorade do? It, it thirsts your quench or quenches your thirst. That. Fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> Uh, no, that's, no, that's that's a Dave Chappelle show joke. Yes, I know, but you know, no, but you can, you know, the Orange Lantern's always hungry, kind of as a joke, always thirsty, mm-hmm. but it goes deeper than that. It's also very sad, and that's one of the things I like about Larflees too. I actually have a Larflees statue right here in my books. Uh, he's a bookend that I have, so he's totally my favorite, and um, I love the fact that there's only one, and that you can never have enough, whatever that is. You know, even it's like. Mm-hmm. They're talking to Larflees, and it's like, uh, you know, we're, we're going to go uh, down the street now. And he's like, well, I want to go down two streets, like, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. But it's like he has to have more. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to done wax on it. You caught me my favorite one. So, Jenny, who do you have for orange? Oh, wait, let's do 2011 WWE. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. theirs was actually a perfect. I can't argue with it. It's Alberto Del Rio, except that he's a piece of like actual human shit. Mm-hmm. So I, it sucks that he is like as a person, but his character is perfect. And that's what we're going with. Well, that's what that's what they win. Yeah. yeah. So but I have to know I'm on pins and needles. Tell me about Orange. Um, Orange is fun because um, everybody it's so I mean all a lot of these are really relatable but everybody wants more of something you know you kind of want you know you get greedy and you want like what that person has but better and and 
more of it, you know, and Larflees is perfect and so funny. I mean. The only other Orange Lantern ever, just for anyone out there, is Lex Luthor, if, mm-hmm. that, if that makes it easier for anybody out there. So um, in thinking about that, it's probably a little bit of a cliche, maybe, um, maybe not a very uh, imaginative choice, but I decided to go with Ted DiBiase <laughs> because, I mean, that's basically like his whole gimmick, right? Like he ha- he has he has a lot, but he wants more, more, all the monies, all the titles, all the chance, you know, and, you know, he's a great character, what, probably one of the most iconic characters so i don't know i just felt like it fit and i felt like he he would look good with in an orange ring i think it's a great choice that character i mean it's it's like the silly example about oh i want two streets if we're going to walk down one street he he bought he created his own championship Mm -hmm. he had i mean he didn't really have his own division but he did defend it against jake and virgil so they and he defeated them so they were like his own little orange lantern corps i'll only play with you guys but i'm Mm -hmm. always gonna win exactly right um i fucking love it i think that's fantastic and of course um virgil cannot wield the ring or can he wield the ring would he share would he deputize virgil for 24 hours in emergencies Virgil, we need to get to the Waffle House, but they're not letting anybody in. Got a date. So I need you to wield the orange lights. I don't know that Virgil could, but I don't know, maybe. I, I don't either. I don't think he's – well, He what was it famously, though, like $20 to meet for WWE's Virgil? Yeah. I mean, I think that he, if Ted – maybe we'll do a, a president, vice president. If Ted kicks the bucket, it goes to Virgil. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's not as funny as I'm laughing at. <laughs> uh, the edibles kicking in. I mean, it, it's I, I'm not in Montana, so I have no I have no problem with that. According to the package, Montana is the only one um, that, that, you know, so. All right. I love the pick. I'm going to go with. And it might be cheating because it's my favorite core and he's my favorite character. Uh, pick a pick a variant: Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea, Hollywood mm. Hulk Hogan. Um, you know, I think if you're going from a character perspective, the old red and yellow super tanned Hulk Hogan doesn't apply here, except for the fact. And Jenny, I think you could probably back me up on this. You've watched enough classic stuff. Really listen to those promos mm-hmm. and, and listen to those promos. And kids, you got to follow the three demandments. All right. You, uh, but here's the thing. If you follow my creed and my code, okay, then I own you, dude. All right. <laughs> and even the like American superhero babyface Hulk Hogan, he wanted everything. He wanted the championships. He wanted to beat all the guys who weighed more than 400 pounds. That's a joke. Uh, but you did, but you didn't laugh. And so I said it was a joke. So, you know, this is one of those chicken and egg scenarios. But in all seriousness, the Hollywood Hulk Hogan character, I think that writes itself. He has to have all the NWO power to the point where it's all about him all the time. And then uh, Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea, no comment because I don't want to get sued, dude. Yeah. Actually, I had him on my list. I had DBLC slash Hogan because I was going to choose and, you know, like 
as the day went on, I'm like, okay, I deleted Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's pretty cool. I, I'm glad that we were thinking along the same lines when it comes I, to him. Because, yeah, I, I mean, he's a gritty fuck. I mean, yeah, like, it, there's no doubt about it. it. And I think you the you can blur the line between the man and the character because that man has blurred the line. Mm-hmm. I don't think he exactly, knows yeah. what's going on. So, all right. Um, I could go all night with orange, uh, mm-hmm. which is also my favorite soda variant, as long as it's got caffeine <laughs> and no calories, though. Um, I think now we have to move on unless there's uh, unless the defense rests. I think we're rested. All right. We are rested. So. Hey, you know what's fun about the uh, emotional spectrum and the, like, color wheel is that if you just take the first three together, it says Roy. It does. <laughs> Who's my, like, 14th favorite Office character. So, <laughs> the Yellow Lanterns is where we get into sort of our unconventional naming structure, meaning that they didn't want to just call all of them, like, Color Lantern. So, it's called the Sinestro Corps because Sinestro is, like, the Green Lantern who turned evil in quotation marks. And um, their color is yellow, and their emotion is fear. Now, you can call them Yellow Lanterns or Sinestro Corps because Sinestro, like, has left the Corps, or they've just been the Yellow Lantern, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But in 2011, Jenny, let's see what you think about these picks. And actually, the the one person who maybe remembered this list uh, is uh, the first Ye- Sinestro Corps Yellow Lantern I'll give you. It's, Co- it's Dashing Cody Rhodes. When Cody Ooh. Rhodes... When Cody Rhodes came back, I remembered this whole thing. So that's what actually sparked this whole podcast episode idea. Hmm. Um, they also have Karma, who is um, – what's her TNA name? She was more famous in TNA. Uh, she's a female wrestler. Awesome Kong. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, she's great. Yes. And so far, I think these are both good picks because yeah, – yeah. Dashing Cody Rhodes could generate great fear, maybe not to others, but within himself, because mm-hmm. he was afraid of his face. Like, yep. if you take it seriously, uh, uh, Jenny, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> I've been afraid of my face for a while. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm getting on up there. I'm about to be forty, so I'm afraid of it more every day. <laughs> That's all right. I get afraid if I eat ice cream because my I just can't handle it these days. So. <laughs> um, but the bad news is bad news, Barrett. And I don't think that makes any sense. He was, he was a, WWE was afraid of pushing him properly, but I don't know if he could make people <laughs> afraid of him. You can't. You have to wield your fear. That's right. You, you either have to. It. Right. You have to like uh, one of the famous Yellow Lanterns is uh, uh, Sinestro, obviously, but the Scarecrow. But yeah. the Batman villain who would either if he saw the Batman, his ring would charge to like 300 percent or he would frighten people and then charge his ring that way. So, yeah, um, but Wayne Barrett was never a character that did anything, any emotional. So bad pick. Uh, another bad pick. Uh, Ernest the Cat Miller's hand, music hand me down recipient. Brodus Clay. Are you familiar with Brodus Clay? A little bit. Yeah. The Funka, Funkasaurus? Yeah, I could see. That. That's not a bad pick, I don't think. I mean, I suppose if you were a female reporter, you'd be afraid of it. Didn't he, like, <laughs> didn't he do something? I think Allegedly. So. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay. Um, Kane, also a yellow lantern. Hmm. Um, I like that. That's not bad. I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think it's, and I think I like that they just didn't pick, like, red because of fire. Because like, clearly this was some intern. <laughs> uh, but the leader... 
who creates fear amongst uh, people trying to break into the main event scene forever, uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Triple H, the leader of the Sinestro Corps. Actually, I'm going to think that's a pretty good pick on that. I like that. I mean, the, these are good picks, finally. Yes, yes, finally. Except, except I can't do Brodus. I could do, well, I could do Brodus because he's big, and maybe you're afraid of him if you're a little guy, but not fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll give you that. So, uh, since we took a little time with them, but they made a good list, I don't want to waste any more of our listeners' time. Jenny, I want to hear who's bringing the fear. Hey, that rhymed. <laughs> uh, so, I think, when I think of, see, I, I went with the more causing fear than wielding fear. Okay. Um which I'm kind of regretting now, but but I think maybe you could maybe I don't know I'll just spend some bullshit about this, but I picked Vader. Oh, nice. Uh, and you know he's just he's special. Like he's one of was one of my first favorites when I first started watching this stuff, and um he he. <laughs> He seems to have no fear, so now I'm really regretting this choice. But well, maybe he, he causes the fear. Maybe he absorbs fear from others and then uses it as a power. There we go. Just made that up. I can tell you an eight-year-old Johnny C was very much afraid of his mask. <laughs> he's scary, right? He's giant. He's like – he's very just off-putting looking, you know, but can just – fucking fly around and do all this crazy shit that you would never expect this guy to be able to do. Um, so it's like he has no fear. Absolutely. And the air is funny because the person I think is associated with a similar era, uh, that early 90s, Vader's big monster heel run in WCW, which I think is where he was his most valuable, mm-hmm. was like, I know WCW was always like a heel first company in a way, like they wanted the baby face to, to chase. But like, Vader was legitimately like when he beat Sting for the title, I was like, wait, Sting's not supposed to lose. Mm-hmm. Like if I would have been a few years younger, it would have been the same thing as the earthquake. Like I was afraid of earthquake <laughs> in 90 Vader beat Sting. And like his whole thing was he's going to kill a jobber. Of course there's fear. They piss themselves the second he walks in. I think the pick's fantastic. I, thank you. I'm glad. <laughs> I don't know. I just, there's something about like, that emotion in that wrestler that well, I didn't even debate about it. It was like my first choice. Well, it's not many people's character though, Jenny get over because of that emotion. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because if it's like the giant Gonzalez, that's just stupid looking. All right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not scared of that guy. Yeah, exactly. But this Vader character not only put fear because of like his size and his uh, aggression and his, you know, wardrobe which i don't say jokingly but like oh, right <laughs> the, even the baby faces of the time because it's not like he beat sting by cheating when he first beat sting with title it's just a massacre mm-hmm. i mean it's a good match actually it's very back and forth but it is yeah. it's like uh when brock beat cena um you know when he just beat the shit out of him that right. whole match so. Which is what you want to watch Vader do anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. And that Vader Flair match, I don't know if you've seen oh, that. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> now, I want to actually give you a little bit of sh- – this is the first of two Jenny-specific shout-outs for the evening. And it's specifically about fear. Now, I'm not saying that you were in a situation where you shot down fear. But mm-hmm. I recently listened to uh, 
uh, on over on the sister networks, the Wrestling's Chicken Salad episode that you were on, where yeah. y'all reviewed Uncensored 95. Now, that is probably to the surprise of no one, one of my favorite shows on all the podcasts that, you know, we are part of. Mm-hmm. Um, because anyone that listens to WCW Must Nine Die knows I love my me some shitty wrestling. Mm-hmm. But I loved how you were not only passionate about how the King of the Road match could be a five-star match, because ultimately the stars equal entertainment, but, and, and the guys were having fun. You were having fun, but you didn't back down. You shot down fear. Not that you were really, (laughs) but you stood up for shitty, not shit. You stood up for personal taste. And I appreciated that. Well, that had to be by angle in that because there is no other angle. If if you're going to be on the pro side of that show, but, um, they, surprisingly were very respectful and uh were open to that idea so i did appreciate that and i did love how it was the, you know it was kind of like uh you know you would get logan making a concession like you know this is this is like two and a half stars it's one but i'm giving it two and a half as an example right. you know uh but it was a great show i love all that i love those guys they're very entertaining trio who i hope well, to engage with it sometime I like that show too, but does Greggy make no sense? Because they they would say like, for enjoyment is five stars, but for a match is this. I'm like, do you so, not factor it in? Like, why would you not? I agree, but I also felt like that was the concession that they gave, and I, you know, granted, I'm the listener listening after you guys recorded this. But at the same time, I was like, well, that's that's probably what we're going to get. They're going to feel like they have to separate it in their minds as mm-hmm. two separate things to not lose credibility. Not that these guys are like, you know, they're just, you know. Nobody's credible. We're, none of us are credible. Right. I, mean, I, know, I know. Well, I, I would I definitely say that, like, like using Chad as an example, if Chad were to, if I were to watch something like that was maybe older, that doesn't even have commentary, there's no way I'm going over like a star for that. I can't handle it, Jenny. My ADD is kicking in, but maybe Chad could explain to me, you know, or show me like, based on the time, this was a revolutionary thing. And it's almost mm-hmm. like kind of a, taking a class on it, if you will. I do think some people bring a lot to the table when it comes to criticism of the art. Um, oh, they, yeah. That. I mean, obviously, um, yeah. They no, do. for sure. They um, do. I don't, but they do. Oh, I, I don't either. Like, I, I, I can feel myself bringing down the, like, overall star rankings. <laughs> Every time I put out a show, it's like we, you lose a tenth of a point. Um, so, for Yellow, way back where we were, because of me, I picked the Trust Me variant of Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, okay. Um. Sinestro is the leader of the Yellow Lanterns or the Sinestro Corps, and even though he's mastered fear, he also very much dabbles in all the emotions. He doesn't have a ring for each one, but you want to talk about a person who was a master of fear and a captain of everything else, which is a phrase I just invented. If you fucking use it, I copyrighted it right now. I don't know what I'm going to sell. It's a good one. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to sell with it, but it's mine. Mine, Mm -hmm. as the Orange Lanterns say. Um, But Jake the Snake uh, the the Viper version with the King Cobra. What a great angle this Tuesday in Texas and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that stuff? Uh, vaguely. Like, I've seen clips of it, like, on YouTube. Sure. Uh, a run that was too short. I think it writes itself. I rambled enough about stuff, but uh, I don't anything you want to add or discuss or what have you with the Yellow Lanterns? Well, Sinestro in particular was always fascinating to me because um, always like a, a – 
a villain that you can identify with or relate to and um you know he, his heel turn is I don't know it's it's I don't want to say special in comics but um his character was just real compelling because um I think a lot of it because of the leadership that he had with Hal and the friendship with him right um, and you know that's all Jeff Johns, who's the writer. Yeah. Who, like he loves him some Sinestro. Obviously, yeah. he had a hand in the the Green Lantern movie is awesome. Unfortunately, I forgot to point that out on top. I'm I don't know if you like it. Jay. I I'm not a fan, and I love this shit. I'll defend almost any DC movie, but not that one. Uh, recently, I have watched it. Uh, it is trash. <laughs> uh, it so is. It's lo- uh, real bad. I'm glad that Blake Lively met Ryan Reynolds. They seem like nice people. Now she was. Probably the best part of the movie. I actually think she's really good as Carol as well. She is pretty good. Um, did you see uh, the guy that plays Hector Hammond was the DA? Oh the Jesus, yes. I hey, love I love Hector Hammond. Oh my god. In that in the movie. In the comics more, okay. but I, I, I do sort of like towards the end it gets a little wild, but. Uh, like as he's becoming, as he's getting that huge head, like during the movie, I'm yeah. kind of into that part. But yeah, Hector in the comics is fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's always um uh, trying to uh, he has telepathy. So gross. Yeah, he's trying to get into Hal Jordan's head. To, uh, what actually during the War of Light or right afterwards, he had to team up with him or something, and he's like, Hector, I can feel you in my head. Looking, yes, looking for memories of Carol. Yes. Get out. You know, he is probably, so freaking love. He's so pervy. He is. And <laughs> Peter Sk- I'm not saying Peter Skarsgård's the person is, but yeah. that fucking hairpiece or yes. whatever they give him in that movie. <laughs> so bad. He is the ultimate, oh, my God, my professor wants me to come to his office after <laughs> class. Okay? Uh, perfect casting. That's so great. I might rewatch that because I have it in years, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I did, like, very recently. It's so bad. Do you have a? Uh, I know Jessica's your favorite. Do you have a uh, a voice actor? Who, like, would you do? You, would you hear Hal Jordan? Is there anyone specific you you hear when you read Hal? Um. Ooh. So. Um, Jensen Ackles. Ackles. Ah. For, yeah. 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 For sure. Um, I would say he would probably be at the top of that list. I do uh, Breaking Bad's Aaron Paul. I think. Oh, is that's his name. a good one. Uh, but a, but a, but with a, de- a little more bass, like a little bit deeper, like not like um, God, what's his bitch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that what you, I, I haven't seen Breaking Bad since it ended? Is that what Jesse says, bitch? I'm it's not science, to bitch. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Hey, come for the lanterns, save for literally anything but, because <laughs> apparently I I'm all over the place, and I apologize for that. No, that's how it goes. All right. Hey, speaking of that's how it goes, which starts with a G, let's go to the WWE 2011 Green Lantern Corps, shall we? All right. Fuck, do they not even have one? Okay, maybe they don't. They didn't even do one. They didn't do um, a green one? No, I'm scrolling through all the shit. They didn't do one. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. What a whiff, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, Nobody knows any of the other colors. What are we doing? You, I think we should, like, tweet Vince McMahon and tell him, and he'll, like, damn it. <laughs> You know, Somebody's like, getting fired for this shit. Like Vince, it was 11 years ago, and I'd be like, it doesn't matter. It's brand synergy, damn it. 
So uh, you go for it, man. Uh, Green is willpower, the will to do it. Uh, there's so many famous Green Lanterns. I like Simon Baz. You like Jessica Cruz. I hate Kyle Rayner. It is what it is. Why do you hate Kyle? Completely uninteresting. Poor I hate Kyle, the, yeah. I hate the, the, his problem is he was created in the mid-90s, specifically to be a mid-90s poochie Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Every mid-90s fucking I have 16 pockets on my uniform <laughs> is a poochie character. Poochie, all right. And everyone's had their poochie phase, but enough poochie. Uh, so this one kind of gave me a lot of trouble, and I settled on Bianca Belair because I have seen her through very early in NXT. Um, I was a big fan of her there, and... She is one of the rare success stories of coming, being called up to the main roster and having a really good run post NXT because a lot of those people do not get that. And I've seen these documentaries of her, like the shoot ones, and there's just something about her that screams willpower to me. She just seems like very put together and focused and uh in the ring she is just so dynamic and she seems to be able to use her hair like a construct <laughs> if that makes sense oh, like, I love it. like her hair can become any weapon <laughs> that she needs almost so um and i just love her and she's a superstar and the Green Lanterns, I think, are probably the 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 best. Anyway, from what we have, you know, in the comics. So, do you, do you think there's a little bit of what I call Leonardo syndrome attached with the Green Lanterns? And what? Yes. Leonardo, okay. So does that explain itself? Like, is anyone's yes. favorite turtle like really Leo? I think right. it's a very certain person that you know wants the, and it's not even the leadership. It's the like. uh I don't know, we're the most vanilla or we're the most on-brand, like we're the most easy to define, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that Bianca Belair character seems like, what I like about her is that the character she's portraying seems to be like a person who is the best at everything and you don't want to engage with them. But when you do, it's like they know they're the best, but they don't actually know live like they know they're the best. You right. know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, and it's good. I think it's a great example of how to do like a, and I mean this respectfully, like a, a character that is easy for younger audiences to resonate to, but then other people resonate to her for other reasons, like the athleticism or the great, the fact that she's a, an actual in-house story that mm-hmm. we watched rise through the ranks. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, her the accessibility of her yes, perfect is point. sort of the same. Yeah, I it's, got you. It's interesting because um, you say accessibility, and that's not a word that I use to define my choice. But everything we literally just said about Bianca Belair, we could apply to mine, which was Kofi Kingston. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. Not only if you want to be jokey about it, like the he has the will to do like crazy stunts, if you will, as he does. But man, Kofi Mania, it was real. Yeah, it was. I was they did a SmackDown stop in Dayton on the way. It was a, a first, the first and only time I've actually seen Vince live at a show, and it was him engaging with Kofi, telling him he wasn't going to let him go to WrestleMania and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I mean, 
I mean, it's, you know, it's a great story. I know it didn't end the way everybody wanted, but I think when you look at like long-term career arcs and I think a person who you can much like the green lantern brand, like right now it's cooled a little bit, at least, you know, there aren't as many titles as there are now, mm-hmm. but anytime you want to heat up the green lantern brand, it's pretty easy to do. Just invent a new core. And I, I don't say that, you know, and jokingly, but it's like, you want to heat up a person like Bianca Belair if she ever has a cold streak or, if, you know, they were to, book Kofi like a star and actually mm. do it, the crowd would easily dump, jump on. Exactly, yeah. That's a great point, too. Yeah. Now, it also will kind of bleed into, um, unless there's any, uh, I don't want to cut green short, it is um, it is a big one. Um, there's some really good synergy they have with the Blue Lantern Corps, which is where we're going to head next. Before we mm. do, any final thoughts on green? And we can come back. I mean, but I would love to, I don't want to cut the conversation short, because obviously it's fun. No, it's the green willpower thing has always been um, like, I admire that ability. Like that's like something to strive for. (laughs) Like um, some of these get into like the negative emotions and willpower is like neutral. Like you could use it for good or bad. Uh, But if you decide to use it for good, then you know, I think that's admirable, but it, I don't it know is. That. Yeah, yeah, like, like I wish that I could be like that. You know what I mean? Like, right. I wish I had that that control. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely not one of those people who like visualizes the event occurring and being like, "Yep, all I got to do is get there." Like, mm-hmm. I'm definitely of. I suppose if random things occur then it could possibly happen but it's not like uh you know that's not my outlook unfortunately right right. so i think another that might be one of the reasons why it's like uh maybe it's not everybody's favorite you know not only because it gets all the attention but it's very difficult to like define that in a way Mm -hmm. what what is willpower it's like you know it like you can like you know what it is but then you think about how to use it (laughs) it's it's interesting because it it seems and i'm like really this is getting really nerdy but whatever already there it almost seems like a fight or flight reaction which is more instinctual than emotional Mm -hmm. but like you know it's the i guess you know you hear the old adage about like a person who that that lifts the car when their kids and you know like it's like they don't lift the car they're fucking superman but they got an inch a tire an inch off the ground because their adrenaline was going crazy Mm mm-hmm that's sort of like the will to act, the will to do. Like it's every time someone like does something like that, I think that's what fuels the ring. And wow, I'm glad that, you know, I already have kids because if anybody heard me say that out loud, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, you see what I'm saying though? Like yeah, yeah. analysis. Yeah. And so I think that Kofi, Bianca, especially when it comes to like the, if you want to just get really technical about the wrestling aspect of those power spots she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, she's amazing. I mean, yeah, it's it seems pretty cut and dry, and I, I I am excited to see you know how far they can go with her, um, but I'll also be excited to uh, see if she has a little of that like some of those. What's interesting is that um, we're sort of in this phase now where like Becky has had a top face run and a quote unquote top heel run, and Charlotte's had pretty much just a top heel run. I would say because I feel like even when she's a face or a heel, she's always leaning heel. But my point is is that yeah. once once women women's wrestling has a longer period of credibility, uh, which is 
not what I'm saying is they had the the years of history against them. Right. Um, you know, it's kind of like the first 20 years of the of WWE or WWF. Like they haven't had their first 20 years yet. Um, it'll be interesting to see who becomes that standout. Like, man, they were a great baby face. And holy shit, they were an even better heel. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I said recently that I would not hate a heel turn by Bianca. Although, you know, I, I think she's definitely capable of it, but um, might be a little bit hard to watch just because you love her so much. You know, you don't like I, I love heels a lot, too. So it's not going to be hard for me. But, you know. The problem, Overall, sure. The problem is, is I feel like if they turned her heel to them, that would mean like denim studded jackets and sunglasses. Like, yeah, I, I feel like they would, but like they would be like, I don't know, she dresses like she's cool now, like that's evil. Yeah. It's like, like wh- it would have to be more subtle, like where she's right, mm-hmm. but we don't agree with her right, mm-hmm. or like her version of what right is in the story. Because it's like it's what I did with Becky. It's like I love her. Her and Seth is these over-the-top, like, um, I don't know if they think they're, like, in a reality show or they think they're, like, that every moment is, like, Instagram or something where they have these fantastic outfits or, like, every every night's the Oscars. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, and But she wasn't really, like, a character, though. I don't know. Becky heel, Becky's heel turn didn't do – I'm not having a huge fan. Yeah, yeah. Same. But I'm glad Oscar's back. So, Blue Lanterns. In 2011, oh, blue is the uh, emotion of hope. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about a blue lantern is that they serve two functions in the War of Light. When they're on their own, they can fly and, you know, make oxygen or whatever they need to breathe, just like all the other lanterns can with their ring. But that's it. If a green lantern is present, though, uh, not only will a green lantern become more powerful, but then a blue lantern can actually fight. Uh, and the in-universe rationalization being that hope is extremely powerful, but without the will to do something, it is nothing. And, I don't know, it might be kind of on the nose, but I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And in 2011, the WWE chose as their Blue Lanterns, Yoshitatsu. Okay. I, have, I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Evan Bourne, which I've seen a pattern of little guys. No offense <laughs> to the guys. <laughs> Um, their leader is Rey Mysterio, which another like, little guy. Yeah, and I get that he's like, God. So basically, what the other one's fucking Daniel Bryan, but it's like 2011 Daniel Bryan. Literally, what they're saying in their own PR is that hey, these guys are cute and they're little, but they're never going to be as good as the other one. Because <laughs> this is the one core that literally has to stand with their dick in their hands and let Green is around. <laughs> Like, if the Green Lanterns take a vacation day, the, the Blue Lanterns are fucked. <laughs> All right? <laughs> and uh, ironically enough, and I'm not trying to be unchivalrous or go out of order, but my Blue Lantern to go with Kofi is Daniel Bryan. Mine is Daniel Bryan. <laughs> well, holy shit. All fucking <laughs> you, me, you... and the intern from 2011. <laughs> the intern, yeah. I, I, I mean... I think that says it all. Like, yeah. it's a solid pick. It is. I, I agree. Your pick is solid. Not as solid as mine. <laughs> uh, notable, famous uh, Blue Lantern, the Flash, Barry Allen, like the the Flash that everybody like knows, um, which is another character That's that Jeff Johns loves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Him and Green Lantern and Flash are like that classic Silver Age best buddies, like buddy cop type deal. So 
it makes sense. Like in the DC universe, since the Flash sacrificed himself during the first crisis on Infinite mm-hmm. Earths, he's kind of everybody's favorite, like good guy. Like, oh, Clark. Clark's inspiring, but Barry's the best of us. That's my Bruce Wayne impression. Clark is inspiring, oh. <laughs> but Barry's the best of us. You know, that whole shit. Uh, Superman's your... overrated. Anyway. Uh, uh, well, it... ah, fair enough. That's yeah. another podcast. All right, yep. well. So, the next one. I can't even with the fucking next one. Because Orange is my favorite, but Jenny, Indigo, I think, is the most interesting. All right? Right. So... It is Indigo. It's the uh, they call themselves the Indigo Tribe, uh, but they're also the Indigo Lanterns. A famous Indigo Lantern in the DC Comics, uh, maybe not so famous, the Atom, which is kind of like a a C list mm-hmm. character. Um, but what's interesting is that in the actual books, like these lanterns are very very different. They're almost sort of a cult, if you will. Um, and actually, it is revealed that in order to Wield the uh, indigo light, you sort of have to be emotionless. Mm. Um, and the reason, it, 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 and I should probably explain, it goes a level deeper, is that true compassion is the ability to experience all other emotion either simultaneously or when it is necessary. All right. So the indigo light's the most powerful because it can simultaneously use another one at the same time. Because if someone's telling you a horrible story, like, oh, they were in a terrible car accident, and you were in one, too, just for an example, like, you can actually feel that compassion. You can relate to it, as opposed to a person who's like, oh, that sounds awful, lady. Where do I take your car? You know? <laughs> right. Like, we all feel bad. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a shit thing to happen to a person, but it's like, I got I got shit to do. I'm on, you know, whatever. <laughs> um. So, like, in the books, like, you know, if they're not, if they don't wear, have the ring on, they'll, like, uh, like the, you, you find out they're, they were criminals. They were, like, the, the worst murderers in the galaxy who were, like, indoctrinated into a, into a cult. And it's, like, they can clearly feel fear, rage. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I think I've explained it enough. But that's why it's the most interesting. Jenny, you are going to fucking shit yourself when I tell you who they pick. <laughs> who right? is it? Um, Eve Torres. Okay. Who I believe was the character who was famous for like being like trying to sleep with the Rock and Zack Ryan. Like I mean, I'm not. I'm not that's the character. Great, great, mm-hmm. great, pick. Mm-hmm. great, great, great role model. Uh, Sinkara Blue. Mm. Fucking Ezekiel Jackson. I don't even know who that is. Yep. And uh, the leader. <laughs> fucking John Morrison. What? Like. I could see, like, if it was, like, an STD or something. <laughs> and, and, you know, good for you, John, whatever, I guess. Like, but, you see, like, I don't know, like, is he, maybe he, maybe the intern didn't read the books and they were like, yeah, I bet John Morrison seems really compassionate, like, when they leave the bar. It's like, oh, yeah, that's oh. that sounds awful. Oh, your boyfriend's the worst. Yeah, tell me more. <laughs> I'm so, I'll listen to whatever you have to say, and, and then, you know, the compassion goes out the window the next morning. Um, awful choices. Awful. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not on board. Yep. Um, Although, Indigo is one of the ones that was a little bit of a blind spot, because I don't super recall reading much about them. They only um, show up in The Blackest Night. They were yeah. The last, they were the last one to come on the scene, and they've always felt, like, least developed, but... Uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, in terms of like individual characters, there's like not a famous Indigo Lantern because they're like a cult. But um, they're all, they're, you know, they're not, they're not all bad. It's like you almost have to almost be at complete peace in order to actually pull whatever emotion you need to feel compassion, if that makes sense. Right, right. So that being said, um, what do you got? So I, I, I'm unsure about this pick. This is, like I said, I, I struggled a bit. And I may have used his uh, shoot personality, but I think that it's tied in a lot to his whole presentation. So I picked John Cena. Oh, perfect. And wonderful. So, you know, a lot a lot of that obviously is like his work with like uh, Make-A-Wish and all the – I think he's like probably one of the ones that's done the most wishes. Um, yeah. And so, like, that's sort of the shoot side, but I think, like, to to be able to um, come out and your song and everybody in the crowd says, John Cena sucks, you, you have to have a lot of peace within yourself <laughs> to, you know, go out to the ring and still put on a hell of a show. So it's like, I don't know, uh, he, he seems to have this, like, depth of emotion in general that and then in the ring I think that he I think that it's clear that he tries to take care of who he's with you know what I mean um who he's working with so well look at the place look I have I have no better example for you Jen so uh I think he's also giving not only from safety but like giving from a perspective of willing to like lay down for somebody I just I just want to be there so look where the uh, it's opposite on the spectrum is orange, mm-hmm. and look look we got Hogan on one and Cena on the other. You couldn't get more specific in terms of opposites in terms of their willingness to give to the other members of the the crew, if you will. Right, exactly. Yeah, he just seems so willing to do it, but also will absolutely take you on a ride to get there. Yeah, and he's been there too. Like mm-hmm. he's been. He's been greedy because he right. wanted, in, 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 you know, in ways that were what he probably felt was like the right thing to do. Like it's different than kind of I feel like it was back in the 80s, although obviously self-gain, self-gain. But he's been angry. He's been everything because he's mm-hmm. a human being. So I like it. What'd you go with? So I went with kind of like you, the sum of the whole parts, like the character, the person. And I sort of went with the angle, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, of like a person who not necessarily has done something terrible, like, oh, I was a terrible serial killer, and now I'm an Indigo <laughs> Lantern because I've been rehab, you know what I mm-hmm, mean? Mm-hmm. But like someone whose uh, progression through the wrestling business took them on that roller coaster where, you know what, they've had high highs, low lows, and mid mids, and it's like they can, unfortunately, they're no longer with us, but I feel like. And they also sort of missed their moment, if you will. And this is the second shout out. This was also inspired by the show you did with Ryan and Will for the GWWE Women's mm-hmm. Division. And that's China. Oh, I love that pick. Because and and like I'm not I'm not gonna be silly. Like I, I'm not gonna talk about the stuff that's like low hanging fruit here. It's mm-hmm. like you know, and all a great character, a an honest to God like could have been role model in a different era in a sense of like. You know, some there. You know, people need people to look up to. Like, it mm-hmm. just it, a little before her time in that aspect of being like, right. uh, you know, but also like challenging stereotypes. Like, 
you know, and then also her having to deal with the fact that there's some stereotypes she can challenge and some she doesn't feel like she can, i.e., mm-hmm. you know, adapting her look and uh, but also, you know, doing that for yourself, too. That's a different emotion. Right. And, you know, I, I you know, give her all the credit in the world. And actually, it's, you know, by the time this comes out, my rebooking of WrestleMania 16 episode would have already aired which was also inspired by that podcast, but I'll leave that to you to listen to in the future, which is the past as of, you know, the release schedule where I, I rebooked WrestleMania 16. So anywho, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of my, I've experienced it all and I can actually relate to you because I know what it was like when I was there. Mm-hmm. I like that pick. Awesome. Well, there's one left on the, uh, before you get to the crazy ones that are kind of like fringe episode things we can maybe go through quicker, maybe not. I'll take mm-hmm. all the time. It doesn't matter to me is the star Sapphires as you know. Um, now this the star Sapphire was originally like a villain and it turns out that they were powered by the emotion of, you know, all these retcons. We love retcons, right? Mm-hmm. But because of that, they're usually referred to as a star Sapphire core. I don't like that because I think it's sort of too general. So I usually stick with the Violent Lanterns, but they are... And it's hard to say. It is. I absolutely agree with that. Now, it is powered by love. Now, there's one choice that's absolutely ridiculous, but I guess makes sense for the storyline they were doing at the time. And the others are just, like, I guess offensive, maybe. Not really offensive, (laughs) but just, just, like, the intern was asleep at the wheel or it was a (laughs) freshman intern. So for the 2011 Violent Lanterns, we have the leader, Zack Ryder, Oh, God. Um, I guess, man. Uh, and then we have, and I'm going to try to pick these out. We've got the Bella Twins. A very different looking Natalia, but Natalia nonetheless. Kelly Kelly. I think that's Tamina Snuka and one of the other members of the ECW Extreme Expose. I think her name was Brooke. It's just all ladies. Yeah, that, they just totally tacked on random chicks to that now historically the star sapphire or violet lantern core is predominantly female which is something they've tried to get away from there have now been male violet lanterns um so maybe i guess that's what they were trying to pull from but it just Mm. seems like lazy writing to me i agree i i I picked a male (laughs) hey i did too and (laughs) we should probably preface this you know uh violet much like red the further away from the center you get the more the less in control that you are with the red lanterns it's more of like a frankenstein's monster not in control with the violet lanterns it's more of a i'm gonna make bad decisions type of control right like if a hundred people were about to die but then the person that gives you the connection to the violet ring is in danger you're going to go to them first and not save the hundred people as an example Mm -hmm. so i'm so yeah, I'm I'm ready. Well, I, now that you told, I'm afraid we have the same person. I'm I afraid we do too. Uh, maybe it was too obvious. Maybe I, I don't know. We'll see. I I sort of went a little dark with it, but I think that the the violet is sort of it can go dark, even though it's based on love, because a lot of emotions and a lot of negative things can come from you know love. So in that vein, I picked Randy Savage. In that vein, we have a tie. <laughs> I can't believe it. I said, "What if we pick the same person?" You said, "I highly doubt we pick the same person." And we did it twice, and we yeah. did it on the we did it on the ones that I would argue are more difficult. I, 
that's weird. But I think that we kind of get that same vibe from him. It's like his his love was too much. It everything about his love is is too intense and too controlling. It wants to it wants to keep you right in that love, and nothing else can can touch that. You know what I mean? Like it's protective and claustrophobic. Oh, if you go through the best arc in all of the storytelling, uh, the four to eight, every big turn is motivated by that one emotion. Right. Whether it's a positive version or interpretation of it or a negative version or interpretation of it. It's the only, it's probably the most complex emotion to write if you were doing it as a comic, which is probably why the most complex character in wrestling was assigned to it by both of us. That makes sense. I like our logic. I do too, I, I, and I think that uh, you know. So it's Bach. That seems logical. <laughs> but in, in in ring, it's hard to to think of anybody that the love of wrestling just kind of and the love of entertainment in wrestling comes through like of a thousand percent. Every time he opens his mouth, he's in character. You know, like. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and the you know? the commitment to like laying out the matches as well. Yeah, but, yeah. Know, just like yeah. the yeah, the sort of it was like the labor of love that pushed mm-hmm. it too far. Like yeah, I mean there's there's character level, human being levels, and then if you want to be silly, he clearly loves Slim Jim like a lot. Oh, uh, I mean just a whole lot. So, it, it seems And cocaine, approach. but you know. <laughs> and he hated Spider-Man. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> You know, I'm still waiting for, like, uh, you know, Bonesaw to be in, yeah. like, the Marvel Spider movies. But, like, you, you couldn't get, like, Cena. But, like, you have to get, like, someone who's recognizable. Maybe, like, The Miz. But I don't think that's big enough or kitschy no, enough. No, not for, not for, but, yeah. I don't know. That's for another show as well. It is. It is. It's all over the place. All right. So we have uh, four left, two which were also covered by the 2011 WWE and uh, we'll we'll start with the Black Lantern Corps, um, whose power is death. And I actually have to give the WWE choice a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. It was uh, they gave theirs a theme, which made me feel good for giving mine a theme. Um, and then I was like, shit, I wonder if they picked the same person as you, because I know it wasn't the same person as me. And then I wondered, can anyone do this without just picking the Undertaker? <laughs> well, I did have him as my slash, because uh, I figured. That would probably be right. Exactly. I also did not go with the Taker, but their theme was that much like in the comics, like the Black Lanterns rings, they attach themselves to people that are dead. Um, But since so many of the superheroes have died, uh, there's been like Black Lantern, Superman, Black Lantern, Mm -hmm. Batman. I mean, just pick one. All right. Um, but the Undertaker in 2011, they gave the ring to his Black Lantern core are all the people he's beat at WrestleMania. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. So you cool. got Superfly, Black Lantern, Diesel, and it's specifically Diesel. It's not like a picture of Nash, it's a picture mm-hmm. of Diesel. Sid just, I mean, you know, rinse and repeat, you know them all. But mm-hmm. that was a cool idea. That is a cool idea. Like, I think this was a group project because some people, like, really nailed it and some people really yeah. failed. Well, you know, they gave Kevin Nash's kid one of the internships and his was <laughs> the best. Uh, I don't know about the rest of these clouds. I don't even know if Kevin Nash has a kid. That's irrelevant. Um, do you want to sure. go with? Oh, sure. He's probably got fourteen. He doesn't know about um, allegedly. 
My fun pick was Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> oh, sure. I just feel like any list of mine needs to include Kevin Sullivan at some point. So, uh, well, well, would you like Duncan or something, or do you just like the Taskmaster? Oh, you know, I love the Taskmaster. <laughs> Fatter. <laughs> I um, one of my goals is to someday do like a Rip Tracks version of the Dungeon of Doom stuff, where like Hogan bursts into the Dungeon of Doom and like talk shit over it for people to listen to. <laughs> that stuff. That. That stuff is cracks me up, but also like it's five star stuff to me. And I realize that you know some of my um, picks here are cross promotional. No, I you know. Oh, how dare you! Yeah, <laughs> they own it all now. Anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, that's true. And because you know, I kind of felt bad because I did leave off like, well, there's a little bit of ECW sprinkled in there, but I, I don't know. ECW was hard to like kind of shoehorn in here i think i'm not sure why but yeah i mean i could see that they're all they're just uh i don't know i feel like there's a lot of concentrated emotion and the easy but i also can't bring myself to watch that product so i don't want to comment out of school but i just can't mm. do it without the music rights i can't oh okay well yeah that's fair i mean i don't i hate to be that way but it's such a big part of the presentation it's like i'm not even watching the same thing I did consider Raven a bit for green will for willpower. But like the the like uh power ring version, like uh yeah. Vol Volthoom or like yeah, the, yeah. whose willpower is to like kill everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Anyway. You could, you could also go with the Scotty the Scotty version of Raven, like uh as sort of orange. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that too, yeah. So you did go with the with the Taskmaster? Yeah. <laughs> okay, the, the king of the dunk. Yeah, father, I need a large black. You know, because it's like, I don't know. I also love that, and I didn't notice since I was older, that, like, the Taskmaster character is supposed to be the person who's, like, in charge of the D&D game. Yeah. Uh, like, and, that, and that he was in the varsity squad. <laughs> like, I don't know, it just blows my mind. I went with uh, Black Lantern Vince. Ah, okay. And... Instead of, like, controlling dead people, like, because I didn't want to be cruel and be like, you know, because I do think that there's probably more good than bad if you look at the sum or mm -hmm. you look at mm -hmm. individual parts. Um, but it would be, like, the fact that he owns the, like, digitized slash make money versions of these people. So it's like he owns the image of, like, what Terry Bollea did do. But, like, Hulk, that doesn't belong to him. It belongs to Vince. Those are his Black Lanterns. Mm. So maybe I took it too far. Well, I mean, not to like shoot ahead, but Vince was my choice for our next category. Whoa, I love it. Let's then we'll quickly breeze to the 2011 because I, I, I want to keep it rolling. Uh, the, the White Lantern Corps is life. Uh, okay, I don't, do I really have to go deeper? And it's the WrestleMania 25. Shawn Michaels is their only. Oh, uh, okay. So it makes sense. I gotcha. You know. It's the reason for the season. So I picked Vince for life because I feel like he has control over <laughs> the <laughs> lives of many, many people. And, yes, he does. Uh, you know, like his say what you will about the man, but um, he has brought all of this to life, you know, you know, not him personally. Well, I. His hand is in all of this stuff, right? 
you know, a lot of what we talk about, a lot of what we view is like his direct supervision. So I don't know. I feel like he's the god of the situation. No, I completely agree. And it's interesting, too. Like, I know this, like, along with the black one, they kind of, like, hit the nail right on the head and stuff like that. But I I like that some of the different interpretations of it have been it's not as simple as, like, life, death, etc., but like the some of the white lanterns, you know, they'll they'll someone will die. They'll just be like, oh, I have the power of life. That's resurrection. That's easy. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. And it's like, no, it's more about using the uh, the power of like what could potentially evolve into creating like opportunity or right. the ability for life to thrive, mm-hmm. if you will. It's like, well, you can't you know resurrect someone, but you could turn uh, you know sand to water or something or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not what I needed. Well, that's, it is what it is. It's like an, like an overreaching, like long-term booking <laughs> type of situation. Wow. That's a great way to put it. And, who, yeah. and who's got the pen? Right. Fantastic. Well, long-term booking fits mine as well. Cause it's the, the entire career as opposed to individual sections and just the nice stuff that they do as a human being. And I'm with Cena. Oh, I like that, too. Yeah, because I figured, especially at this, like, second stage, like, if he were to get the ability to come back and, like, Warner Brothers would let him or anything like that, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, which I understand completely. Uh, It's kind of like he'd probably be game to do just about anything. It's like, okay, you want to push Theory as the guy? Great. He can beat me in two straight falls, but, you know, can I do some fun stuff along the way? Well, just judging by his work in uh, Peacemaker, um. He can do anything he fucking wants to, is my opinion, and uh, we don't deserve John Cena. Uh, he's the only guy I would allow to tell Aquaman to go fuck a fish. <laughs> and I honestly think that, uh, you know, my bias aside, because I do love the uh, the Jason Momoa interpretation of the character, mm-hmm. like, what a fucking, like, fish out of water, like, buddy movie to do. Like, and, you know... John Peacemaker can keep asking Aquaman if he like needs to go to the pool or something. Like I that. love it. Uh, you know, and, yes, and please. On H, and since it's on HBO Max, instead of being like, "Dude, you're an idiot," he's just like, "Fuck you." Just like he like because the R-rated Aquaman only lasted for five seconds. Mm-hmm. Five se- Excuse me, I just learned English, pal. And uh, you know, the five seconds at the end of Peacemaker. So I like it. Me too. All right, so there are. That's where the 2011 ends because, like we said, there's there, that was it at the time. There's only two more. They don't have a ton of history, and one is really complicated, which I'm excited to mm. talk about. And one is really like easy or not interesting to me, but it's also the one that's only been around in the comics for like less than a year. Okay, so and they don't really follow any letter assignment. So you want to do gold first? I'm not gold. Yeah. Okay. So Gold is the most recent one. It was created by Brian Michael Bendis, uh, which might be why it's the least interesting. And it's Joy, <laughs> it's Joy, which is fine. It's interesting. You know, it is interesting. I don't think they've told any good stories with it yet um, because it's so new. So I'm curious. What are you thinking? Well, this one I didn't have any basis of knowledge for uh, Joy, but when I think about a wrestler who seems to just live for the joy of the pain and everything that goes with it, I had to pick Mick Foley. Oh, fuck. That's really good. Because. I don't know why I whispered that. I he just, he has like, 
And I, you know, he has all these iterations of himself. To me, that just is proof of, of what his love is, like his, his joy for this thing. But it is also the thing that physically disables him. You know what I mean? Like that joy has the consequence. (laughs) So I, I don't know if, you know, that's any sort of storyline in the comics, but I could see them. I could see that being just well, like, we, you know, a lot of these other uh, emotions that we've gone through, you know, sort of the, not the dark side of it, but just the fallout of it. No, absolutely. I mean, you've crafted basically probably the most interesting thing that they could do. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, it's a concept that I hope has a lot of legs. I didn't, I'm kind of jealous that you, you did such a good pick with it because I didn't treat it as seriously because, and the the perspective I was coming from is because, is one of ignorance because I only seen it, the, the character even like once, but I was like, okay, so they're just getting started with this. So I'm going to give it like a very early eighties version of like joy. Mm-hmm. Plus inspired by the Cronosa daily project. I watched a bunch of the stuff, you know, something every day. Um, we all do it on our own, don't we, Jenny? Just uh, well, talking into a microphone. Well, I have a partner in that project because I'm smart. So, I actually, yeah. Sometimes I wish I did as well. <laughs> uh, I went with uh, very early, like WrestleMania one to two, face Andre the Giant because I actually got both of his WrestleMania matches to review. So. I did think of Andre for a hot minute, but then I thought about heel Andre. Um, that brings me joy. That's a great. Yeah, thing. yeah. And then, and then I thought about Andre during the last years. You know, because we, I think we've all seen that documentary and like seen all the footage and. Yes. And I mean, it's a good pick, but there, I feel like there's a lot of sadness there too. For sure, and that's specifically why I envisioned the like. The smiling Andre and like the yellow tights, like mm-hmm. just out there for sort of like the circus of it all, but also, you know, um, him enjoying being in the spotlight and then people, you know, being interested in him, which is right. very sad to think about. But I think he would get joy from the initial interest mm-hmm. because that life of isolation or uh, non con, you know, not conforming to societal norms was a big part of his, mm-hmm. you know, life. So I don't know, sort of the. No, I didn't mean to take it this deep or. Uh, hey, know, look, that's what stories. we're here for. But it is, it is, it is. But uh, yeah, well, gold ended up being a hell of a person than I had thought. I hope that the. <laughs> uh, I hope that the next one lives up to the hype. Jesus. We'll see. <laughs> so, this one is actually is more modern as well, and it's extremely difficult to pin down an easy way to explain it. But it's the ultraviolet, ultraviolet. Excuse me, uh, core. So they call the ultraviolet core like the the it's the unseen spectrum of emotions, but there's only one core of it. And essentially, it's all of the. Anything you don't act upon, but it is within you to do. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, if, if that guy in front of you at Starbucks really pisses you off and like everything in you, like every emotion you're experiencing, but not letting anyone see is I just want to kick this dude. Mm-hmm. Which, which, you know, maybe you should, you know, I shouldn't be that angry. But my point is, is that, <laughs> but not acting on it would then empower you and sort of force you to act on it. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, they're usually like, 
like John Stewart, who is a Green Lantern, becomes corrupted and becomes an ultraviolet lantern. So they're not exactly like innocent or good, I guess. Uh, which I think is a great concept. Um, Scott Snyder wrote it, the guy who invented the Court of Owls, the Batman on Infamy with his work. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good stuff, but it was caught up in like a big old like spanning storyline and what have you. Um, so I tried to explain it the best I could. Um, thoughts? So this one I didn't know much about either. Um, yeah. But then when I was thinking about like wrestlers that either like my reaction, like I project these things onto them, like, or it's really there. I don't know. I'm going to pretend like it's really there. So I had two choices for this and. Well, just give the one you're less enthused for first as like a, or are you equally enthused? Well, I, I'm, I'm having trouble choosing. So I chose Bret Hart because in, so it took me a long time to warm up to him as a wrestler. And the reason is because I, I want to like connect with this person that is telling a story and a lot of his matches feel so cold to me. And the more I watch him, and the more I kind of like get the context of him, the more I can like read into some of this stuff. Like he seems like he is cold, but he really just has this well of like hidden emotion that he's suppressing. He almost experiences all of it so yeah. heavily that he has to numb himself. Right. So it's like this restraint, you know, that comes off as coldness for me, not for everybody, obviously. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense, but in the same vein, I was thinking this is what I love about Charlotte Flair. This is one of the things I love about Charlotte Flair, even though she her emotions spill out a lot more than Brett's do. I feel like there are a lot of parts of her that doesn't come out. It's like this inner, um, like, I, I start to say trauma, but I don't mean trauma. I just mean like all these expectations and like everything that is put on her. I yeah. think that she baggage holds it's un, it un, well. It's, it's you know? unfair. It's unfair baggage. That right. It's unfair that. baggage that she acknowledges and internalizes and it sits in there with her. But then she pours it out in the ring as opposed to Brett's holding it in. Sure. And then see, I don't know if any of that makes sense. No, it does because if, uh, regardless of what Brett's feeling, even in the matches that have the highest of emotion, he's mm-hmm. giving you a very leveled interpretation of yes. that emotion. Yes. Whereas Charlotte is not is maybe giving you her personal emotion, and it's masking what the character is supposed to be doing. Right. right. Um, and I think that like I'd rather see what Charlotte's giving me, me because too. at least because at least I know it's that's you know it's going to elevate her performance. But the flashes from Brett are what is compelling about him because whenever you can see it bleed through, it's very good, you know, and like you kind of, you kind of waiting for that next, when is he going to break, you know, a little bit again? Yeah. Yeah. I need to rewatch. I don't necessarily know that it's the right call or the right 
match to give me this, but I, I haven't watched. Well, I don't know that I've ever watched the Iron Man match like in a way that it's supposed to be watched. Like I've never just sat there, and even as a kid, like I, it could not hold my attention. Just, I mean, obviously, listen to me. Yeah, but, it's definitely worth a rewatch. You know, so and just actually look for the stuff as opposed to, you know, just see what I can get out of it. Right, and right. See where the character ends and where the person is. That's one of the interesting things is that like if you go to see a play, the last thing you want to see is the person like break their character or fuck up a line or something like that. Um, because it really takes you out of it. And it seems like, oh no, you did it at a play. Mm-hmm. But, like with, with wrestling, it's kind of like, I don't know which one I want. I don't know if I want the character or the person here. It's the only form I can really think that's kind of like that. It's, it's super interesting because I think the best wrestlers will put most of themselves into that character. I mean, not always, but I think some of the greats, you could say that's definitely what they do. They draw on them, their own self. Well, I think both your choices are better than mine, but I also think that even though it's not the same one, I think it's interesting that we both chose a, a female from the modern era, okay? Because we are still in the 80s or maybe early 90s of the the female roster at full strength, if, that, if you feel me. Yeah. I'm not – in terms of, like, what they've been able to – how long they've been around as characters, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're going through stages, and I think that – uh, my pick is Sasha Banks because there's something going on there. Like between like the character that she plays on TV, the you know the the way that she sort of plays with like reality and what have you, mm-hmm. uh, with like her Twitter character and like stuff like I mean, and I'm not saying like it's ugh, character character, but like just it's there's interesting stuff there. Like what is she? I feel like she has like almost been. Uh, put tape over her mouth or something like that. Really? Hmm. I think there's a character in there that would feel like a a stone a, a, the same way that the man ended up sort of being like the all-American Hulk Hogan for that mm-hmm. generation of female performer. Um, I feel like the Sasha Banks would be like the stone cold of that female generation. There's some character there that hits with like the way that people actually think about something, but I can't figure out what that something is. I can't figure it out, but there's something there that is more interesting than any of the characters she's been asked to play. So you feel like she doesn't have the say to do it like, or she doesn't even know what it is. Like she hasn't discovered it yet. I don't want to say that she doesn't have the say in a sense that she's like um, not been given opportunities. No, but I she also, definitely has. But I, I think that they don't know what the problem is, is that I don't think anybody knows what to ask her to do. Right. Um, or allow her to do or to take maybe her ideas and hone it into something that would work right now. Like, I do don't you- know. Do you feel feel like that's a trust issue? Because, I mean, I get the feeling that she's a bit of um, uh, I don't want to say flaky, but like she can run off in a huff. You know what I mean? See, and I always felt like okay, and maybe I'm not enough in the know, but I I always sort of interpreted stuff like that as like wanting to 
not be there unless it was going to be creatively rewarding. Right. And that's sort of where like this unseen thing comes in is that I don't know. I don't think they know what to ask her to do. And I don't think she knows what to say. This is, this is what is going mm-hmm. to work. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's just too much there, but no one can find it. Hence they can't tap into it. Hence it's unseen. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, mean, I think that makes sense. Um, Sasha has always been sort of just shy of, you know, being a favorite of mine. And I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I, there is something missing. Like there's something like the boss character. Her baby face isn't believable and the boss is too big. It's too shallow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's, it's too undeveloped. Yeah. It's yeah. too, it's too big. Like it's just, yeah. it's very broad strokes. It's too eighties. Right. We need this. What does that mean? You know? Yeah. Like she, yeah. she has no baby face character. Right. Um, and, the boss character is just like the, you know, the sh- you know, the mean girl or whatever. But it's like not even that complicated because the mean girl is usually mean for a reason or the mean person's mean for a reason. You know what I mean? Is this why we want to stick her in tag teams a lot of the times <laughs> is, is to add this depth that's not there? They, and well, now we're, this is a Sasha Banks podcast all of a sudden. But well, they need their own show. And I don't I don't like they need their own show. I didn't mean it like that. I mean, like they need there needs to be like. There aren't enough hours on significant right, programming yeah. to give to the, the to give them the full depth. Right, right. They can't develop a tag team division because they don't have an extra hour. Right. It's like, do we need more TV? No. But if they were to make like Raw the Men Show and SmackDown the Women's Show, which I don't think there's a need to separate because I feel like people like, nah. like I want I want both. I want both. I think the the women and men should start wrestling each other a lot more. It's so interesting. It would have been old news at the time, but, you know, my WrestleMania 16 rebooking podcast that's out there now and has been out for a couple of weeks. I hope everybody's listened to it. You know, that's specifically I book China Hunter as the main event. Oh, yeah. Why not? I, I book it under the pretense that they don't it's not about the romance at all, but that makes the audience think that it is because it's the year 2000. Everything's got to be a shoot, brother. Look at but, all the fucking storylines you could do that doesn't involve sex <laughs> and, and you know, a romantic relationship between men and women. Like, right. there's a wealth of storylines there that nobody's really fucking with. I agree. And it's interesting because it's like uh, in 2000, they were booked like awful, but society would have been. And when I say society, I'm talking like advertisers and shit mm-hmm. like that. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, we don't care. Like, just do do your thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, and China's the only one that gets to be, or able to a lesser extent get, are both like that, but they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And now it's like uh, they would never let them do that in quotation marks because the right. advertisers and Fox would freak. But it's like now is the time when you should be doing it. You should definitely. And you know, I feel like it is coming. It's just the E is behind on shit like this, obviously. So. Um, I why why did they never this is now we're so far from Landers. We want to talk about yeah. un, untapped or unseen potential. I'm not talking about the person. Okay, and I don't want it I'm not trying to want to get orms here, but why did they never like go after Tully Blanchard's daughter who was like the impact champion? Doesn't she have uh, I, I don't recall because I don't I, I know not super in the know, but I think there was some issues with her. 
Okay. See, that's what I didn't want to, you know. Yeah, yeah. And if that's the case, that's the case. But that is something, and again, but that is something that I guess that it must be considered now, you know, in in making these decisions. I don't, I don't know if that's right or (laughs) true, but it definitely seems like to be the case. Around press time, didn't the last SmackDown involve Charlotte beating up a guy or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think the problem it was like Drew Gulak. He, is he is he a Blue Lantern Blue guy? He might be. <laughs> like, uh, my problem is he'd be like, yeah, they can wrestle like Dominic Mysterio. Like, they can yeah, wrestle yeah, with yeah. cruiserweights. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, that's just... You need to, yeah, you got to step it up. So, who, who would... Okay, so... Uh, this podcast was about making shit up. So to okay. stay on topic, uh, what would you book as your main event to sell the concept? I like the, it's the first intergender mania, the first intergender Ooh. mania main event. What do you book? Shit. I, I'm fucking Seth versus Becky. Oh my God. But then, <laughs> but cause then you get into other things, but like, um, you do Roman Charlotte? I would not hate that match. I wouldn't either. That's the thing. Because it's like, I mean, I think we, I was going to, I was about, okay, so I was about to say, I think I could suspend disbelief. And I was like, what disbelief is there to suspend? Yeah, that, that's she could, she ridiculous could when you're talking about wrestling. Right. And, and plus, I was like, she could snap me in half. Yeah. Like, so it's just, I don't know. It's. Like I'm on, I'm on the side. Mm-hmm. Like I'm on, I'm on that side. But I'm also like, I don't know. There's some things I always want to do. Like I want to like hold, you know, hold open a door for a lady, for example. You know, for example. <laughs> like, so it's like there's a part of that where it's like I just don't know that you could do a baby face doing it from a is can society buy into it perspective? Right, right. Because I consider um, myself as, you know, as far to the to, to in favor of that as I can be. But it's like, uh, I don't know if I could do it. Uh, I, don't know, I couldn't, like, watch The Rock beat up Kelly Kelly. Like, I can't right. like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but we're not there. I'm just saying that it's got to be, although I do think that, like, the Usos and Naomi and a partner for choosing could put on, like, a badass tag team match. Right, right. Well, um, like, Jade... In AEW, Jake is Jake Cargill. Yeah, is she at the TNT? Though um, I, I don't. So yeah, I think she has the TV title or some shit like that. I don't do much AEW. Um, it's too indie for me. Um, I, I, you know, if if they would do like a lot more intergender stuff, um, I would definitely be spending some time watching that. It's interesting to me because. They're about to serve a new master in terms of like Warner Brother Discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw as of today, all sorts of news dropping today, and we're all off topic. But like Warner Warner Media Discovery announced that they're not gonna, or Warner Discovery, I don't can't remember what it is. They're not going to produce scripted content for any of their networks moving forward, like TNT and TBS. Right. And and I think wrestling is a sport in terms of their production package. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does call into question like. What will Warner or Discovery allow them to get away with on their television stations? Right. Um, because that's the master they're bowing to now, mm-hmm. regardless of it being like Tony's deal. That will be interesting to see how um, they go forward. And I think that's that's part of the fun of it is that, you know, 
I, I just liked Hulk Hogan because he was big and yellow, brother. But now I find <laughs> that the, the business, like the, the, the actual like mm-hmm. ins and outs are very fascinating. Like the decisions that are made. It's like uh, some people follow how many pitches each person threw a day. I just follow this. <laughs> it's enough. It's a lot. Right. Exactly. Did we skip any colors? I don't think so. Okay. And we picked, so, yeah, two in a concept, because we kind of went conceptually on the ultraviolet. We, not bad, I, all things considered. And we certainly improved upon the Indigo core from the 2011 version, for God's sake. I, I would agree, yes. Um, so you're hanging out on the, the North-South feed now on Wednesdays, correct? I am, yeah. I'm um, trying to get them sweet, sweet downloads, you know. Um, oh, there you go. Well, a good way to start is by doing Idle Hands for the 420 yes. uh, episode that came out. Um, Araka you know, was very sweet to bail me out on that, <laughs> literally, um, because I, in true stoner fashion, I forgot to do anything <laughs> special for 420 until that Monday before, so – so had it been a while since you like I, I, it's fascinating to me some of the things that you end up watching whether it's like a, a personal choice or like I'm doing this one because it's an idea for the concept. Mm-hmm. Now I haven't seen that since it came out in theaters and I just saw it because I was a teenager and it was something to do. Right. And um, did it hold up? It, yeah, like I thought it was real. Like Devin Sawa was like pretty amazing. Like his physical hand acting. Uh, well, he wasn't. Well, I mean. His version of the hand and then the actual hand guy who did the hand things, um, two different people. His, he was just bumping around like crazy and he just has all this manic energy. Um, but it, it is a low key stoner movie because it's very weed based. Um, like the, they, you know, save the day with weed. So, um, sort of a, a unconventional choice for a 420 movie, but I like it. I haven't stopped laughing since you called the the stuntman the hand guy. The hand guy. And I was thinking hand like, actor. Well, yeah, the hand actor. And I was thinking about Kevin Nash becoming a hand actor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> he probably could. Um, I mean, he was the shredder. I don't know. He just seems like the type of guy who would be like, yeah, I'm the hand actor. <laughs> so all my, my <laughs> all my shows are on no so now. Um, so that's episode of is um of you heard about pluto where we watch random things on pluto tv and um also you can hear freak out drive-in where we watch a horror movie and talk and pop which i can hopefully record very soon with my co-host tim capel and the journey through infinity which did have a recent episode finally with black panther with our guest Nate Milton for that episode. And um, also my wrestling show is here. It is called the Extreme Three-Way Dance, going through the history of ECW. Um, you can listen to that. And um, I'm on Twitter at Jenny Position. Fantastic. A good follow and uh, lots of good episodes there in the back catalog if you want to get yourself caught up. Mm-hmm. And then start listening to the new stuff when it drops on Wednesdays. And uh, I believe Thursdays is, as you mentioned, ECW, right? Yes, every other Thursday. Do I dare ask about the Tuesday show? Um, There's been some rumblings of the Tuesday show coming back, but uh, nothing confirmed. Well, 
it was getting difficult for me to, uh, you guys are in a rough patch with the TNA's next generation, is all I'm saying, about the content you're being asked to discuss, for God's sake. Yeah, it's a lot of time, and uh, that is one of the things that a lot of us don't have anymore. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I hit an under, I hit an unrewarding episode of Those Who Must Die once, where it was like it was actually felt like a slog to get through, mm-hmm. even though that I was, you know, I love when they make big mistakes and shit like that. And this episode was full of it, but it was just a slog to get through, so I just didn't hit the right spot. So it is what it is. But sometimes those can be fun to listen to as well. All right, I think that is going to wrap it up. We hit all the different uh, angles of the rainbow, I guess. I think so. All right. Uh, follow the South, follow the Beast for everything like that. Jenny, I will talk to you next time, whenever that is, on whatever show, on whatever network, about who they are. See you then. See you then.